Welcome to the Joe Cozo Radio Show! Welcome to the Joe Cozo Show, baby! We are back! What do we have? January 25th, 2023. Unbelievable that it's 2023, but here we are, right? No beard, no glasses, whole new me, new year, new me, let's go. I had to do it, baby. I had to do it because I have to have some change, and I've been trying to make a lot of changes in my life. I am ready to rock and roll. I'm 49 years old. I feel absolutely great. My mind is absolutely great, and I'm, I started saying to myself, well, what's holding you back? What is holding you back? And really when it comes down to it, is me. There's nothing on the outside world that's holding me back. The show doesn't hold me back. My law practice doesn't hold me back. My personal life, you know, my friends, they don't hold me back. I hold myself back. I'm the one who, you know, sets the alarm clock at a certain time and then presses snooze four or five times. I'm the one who writes down certain things and say, oh, I'm going to do it. And then later on in the day, I look at it and I didn't do anything. And I finally said, this is it. This is it. You want to be a success? You want to have a great life? You want to do all those things? Get to work. Figure it out. One of the best things now that I could actually see. See, I had this, my left eye, the only reason why I had glasses is because my left eye, I couldn't put a contact in it. I had this uh, corneal transplant because I had keratoconus. And that is a disease in your eye that makes your cornea shaped, you know, not oval in a different way. So for years, I, I mean, I just really, I'm just being seen blurry. My glasses didn't even have a prescription in the left eye. And then I Googled, you know, whether there was any new technology based on this keratoconus that I have. I got the surgery to get it fixed, and then it came back. And now I can't get the surgery again because I have scar tissue. It's a mess, complete mess. And then I see that there's these things called scleral lens that you put this, you know, um, eye drops in the lens, put the contact in with the eye drops, and voila. And I haven't been able to see in over 20 years out of my left eye. And now I can see perfect with this contact. And it's not a hard lens. I don't even feel it. I have it in right now. It's, I, I gotta tell you. So now the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I can read books. Before all I can do is really listen to the audio books because I couldn't really read because I'm only really reading with one eye. And it was just bothering me. It starts getting a little crazy when you start reading too much. Start your right eye starts, my right eye starts getting blurry because that's all I'm really concentrating on. So anyway, I love it. So let me give you a couple of things that I've done since we last talked that's changed my life absolutely dramatically. I feel so great about it. And it all starts with this right here, okay? And this is my new alarm clock. It's a Philips, it's called a Philips Wake Up Light with seven natural sounds. Now the natural sounds are absolutely great, but let me explain to you what this alarm clock does. So I set my alarm for 4 a.m., right? That's when I get up. But at around 3.45 a.m., that light 
starts to get just a little bright, like at its lowest peak. If you wake up, the room still might be a little dark, but if you look at the alarm clock, it all of a sudden starts looking at a sunrise, like orange. And then as time progresses, by the time my alarm goes off at 4 a.m., the room, this thing, like you see the picture here, brightens up the entire room like there's real sun, like a light is really on. The whole room is just completely lit. So when your alarm does go off and you wake up, the whole, the whole room is lit. Now you have no choice. What are you gonna do? You're up, baby. And this has transformed my life. Because now I get up, there's no excuses, there's no anything. It's so bright in the room. And now, I, you know, now I'm able to do things. So what I do is, I get up, 4 a.m., I got my German Shepherd, the black one, which is, I gotta tell you, this is the best dog I've ever had in my entire life. It's probably the one thing that I've loved. I, I can't tell you how much I love this dog. <coughs> Excuse me. So I go out, I go for a jog with the dog, go for like over a mile, dog runs with me, come home, go to the gym, do a whole workout there, drink over 72 ounces of water while I'm at the gym. It's a must that I have to do it. Then I take a 32 ounce bottle of water and I'm at hot yoga for an hour. And I've been doing this hot yoga. It is unbelievable. You are there, it's silent hot yoga. It starts at 6 a.m., right? And I feel absolutely fantastic while I'm, while I'm doing it. Stretching, I'm 49 years old, I can never touch my toes, now I can touch my toes. It's unbelievable. The, and, and the sweat, and you have my thoughts to myself, I do a lot of praying, a lot of talking to Jesus, which I think is something that it's also just completely changed my life. My relationship with God, you know, and, and praying every single day. I've said this in the past, it is just, it's changed everything for me. But again, so now I'm at yoga, it's, by the time I get home, at around 10 after seven, I've already gotten up at four o'clock in the morning, jogged, gone to the gym, done a full workout, and done hot yoga. And now I'm ready to tackle the day. Now I am ready to get things started. And now I'm thinking about, I wanna maybe start some jujitsu. I don't know why I, I'm so hesitant with it, but I really wanna start doing that too, because I wanna be able to protect myself. Right? I'm 49 years old. You see what's going on out there in these streets. It is terrible, terrible what is taking place here. Here, I'm going to show you this. Look at Philadelphia right now. All right? These are the streets of Philadelphia. I was there over the summer or before, maybe the spring, close to the beginning of summer of 2022 to do those uh, Philly cheesesteak reviews. And it was a complete disaster there. It was disgusting. Homeless people all over the place. There was drugs, you know, people shooting up, just like how it is in New York City. And then as you start, we started walking towards different parts of the city. You can tell that we were in bad areas. And now I got my girlfriend with me and my daughter with me. And I'm like, I can't really protect myself, let alone protect three people. If there's three guys that want to get down and dirty with me, I'm done because I have limited high school fights. I, I used to fight in high school. I haven't fought since I'm 18 years old. You know, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not looking to fight anybody, but I'm looking to protect myself because of situations like this. Now here, look at Philadelphia. This is the streets of Philadelphia today.
total, total nightmare of what's going on. But now let me give you the final thing here about what has also changed my life, okay? And what else I'm doing here. It's this book that I'm reading, which is, again, I love that I'm able to read. And it's this book right here. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. Now, what I've been doing is I've been reading and taking notes while I'm reading so I can reinforce the stuff. You know, anything that I'm reading now, I'm also reading the book called The Pentagon Papers, and I'm taking notes because I need to start remembering things. I want to start learning things. When you do the audio book, you hear things, and if you're just a little bit distracted, you got to rewind it, and then you got to rewind it, and then you have to rewind it again. And then things go by and you just totally forget. Well, I'm actually reading and I can take notes and I then know it. So then I can use it in conversation. I can use it in certain things. So I did take some notes here though. I want to show you that I want to go over with you because again, like I said, I think that this book is absolutely amazing. What this book says right from the outset, he talks about aggregation of marginal gains. And what does that mean? He says, if you can do 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you are done. 37 times better, just 1% gain each day. So it's not a lot, it's not a lot. But here's the thing, there's a caveat. The opposite is true. If you allow these bad habits to accumulate and you keep doing bad habits every day, the reverse is actually true then. He says, when we repeat 1% errors day after day by replicating poor decisions, duplicating mistakes, and rationalizing little excuses, our small choices compound into toxic results. And it's the truth. I mean, how many times have you done these bad habits, like getting up late, pressing snooze, you know, eating late at night when you know that you shouldn't be eating, say, past 7 o'clock? You know, it's another thing that I'm doing too. I'm intermittent fasting. I'm eating nothing but healthy stuff. I'm back on it. Again, one life, right? One life, what are we doing? That's why what I see what's happening to this country, it's such a disaster. Because here I am, I'm trying to do everything that I can to live, but I'm trying to do everything I can to live in such a horrible environment. And it's not just America, it's just the world because of this globalization. We'll get into that later, but it really is something else, to be honest with you, and what's taking place here. So again, Atomic Habits, what we were saying um, here, listen to this here. This is really something else. Systems versus goals, right? He talks about systems, creating a system for yourself and creating goals. Goals, he says, are about results you want to achieve. Systems are about the process that lead to those results. And real quick here, I'll go on and I'll finish up. Goals, he goes on to say is, goals create an either or, or conflict. Basically, again, goals create an either-or conflict. Either you achieve your goal and are successful, or you fail and you're a disappointment. So you put that goal there, and all you say is, is if I, you know, and you say, okay, I have to lose 30 pounds. But then it's just a goal, and if you don't achieve it, you feel bad about yourself, and it's just there. Either I get it or I don't. He says systems, on the other hand, when you fall in love with the process rather than the product, you don't have to wait to give yourself permission to be happy. You can be satisfied anytime your system is up and running. What are you doing to get to lose those things? Are you waking up every day? Are you watching what you eat? Because these little things, I'm not eating bad anymore. I took out cookies out of my diet. 
I'm not eating out late anymore. I'm not eating fast food. These little things, okay, the journey to get there is what it's all about. And here's the thing, when you ask actors or you ask these famous people, what is it about when you became famous? What is it about that, you know, that got you there? They'll always talk about the journey. They'll always talk about the grind because that was them by themselves, putting them their nose down, grinding it out every day, and now everybody else gets to reap the rewards of that time. You know, and it's the same thing here. It says changing habits. Changing our habits is challenging for two reasons. We try to change the wrong thing and we try to change our habits in the wrong way. Again, the book is great. I'm still, you know, reading it. I absolutely recommend it to anyone that wants to start changing their life. For me, it's happening. I, I, I mean, I absolutely love it. All right, listen, let's get into the entertainment part section here of the show. I want to, you know, a little entertainment for everyone. I want to play this video for you, okay? This is what has happened in society. And it's not a isolated thing anymore. Like you would maybe 10 years ago see something like this and be like, what is going on with this person? You watch this now and you say what is going on with this person, but you don't, you're not in shock anymore because of what is going on in society. What type of behaviors that we have actually allowed to happen. And again, this type of behavior is allowed, this type of behavior has been created because it panders to a certain group. So people can make money off this group. Doctors can make money off a group of this type of person. Of course, you know, medicine, big pharma can make, let me play the video and you'll see exactly what I mean. And then we'll come back. We'll talk about it. Here we go. Watch this video. This is a lady in Walmart. Someone touched her on the line. Here we go. I didn't touch you, I man. I just not that long ago and I can't stand another man touching me. Well, no one did that. Okay. Is this a prank? I can't. He won't go away. He needs to go away. He's the fucking problem. I'm not sorry. Well, she wasn't sorry when she cut in line. Fuck you. Green. I didn't see you. To make it. Oh, I just asked her if she saw just anyone leave. in line. Just fucking leave. Just go. That's leave. an adult. You're making it. Just get better than that. Imagine seeing that in live store. But here, here's the thing. Like I said, those people, she's wearing a mask. She's inside of Target or whatever, um, Walmart. And that's someone that has been created and is fearful for the things that she watches, the things that she hears, all this misinformation that the Democrats give you. And it's, it's terrible. It really is, because that girl right there has serious issues, but nobody will care. Nobody will care, nobody will say anything, and they'll let that behavior just be accepted and be normal, when it's not. That's not normal behavior, all right? Here's more abnormal behavior. Watch this, this is right off of TikTok, which is killing Americans, killing American teenagers, TikTok. Watch. To advocate for how difficult it is to use gender neutral pronouns. Nobody said that the gender binary was f***ing easy. These are not my preferred pronouns. These are my pronouns. You will use them or you will not refer to me at all. See, no matter what you say, you'll never convince me that that's normal behavior that that doesn't have some type of mental illness that is going on here. And society has allowed this to take place because there's a profit involved, 
They can make money off a person like that. Top surgery, bottom surgery, you know, LGBTQ, Pride Month. We have sales on, you know, we, we, we are honoring the LGBTQ community, all of it. And of course, Democrat political leaders, they also understand that they can profit off of this because they can get a voting block. Doctors, big pharma, they are, this is big money with all the surgeries, right? The mutilation of the genitalia, the growth hormones that these children are taking. What else is making a profit? TikTok. TikTok has exploded with the transgender community. You see every, I mean, it, they've taken it over. And I blame TikTok for a lot of this type of behavior. And who owns TikTok? China. And can you see these type of videos in China? No, they ban it. But you can see it here. It's by design. I don't care what you say. China is infiltrating this country. They're doing it more ways than just one. They're buying our farmland. They're infiltrating our children. They are putting fentanyl through the border into these cartels, killing our children, killing American citizens by doing you know, illicit drugs that are laced with fentanyl. Again, it's all by design. Every single bit of it. And then also, you know, COVID-19 is what, what has taken place. The, the, the crime really here is our leadership. Our leadership in this country is done. You don't know what to believe, who to believe. You see all of these things happening across this country. Okay? And again, the internet plays a big part of it because adults now, parents now, allow their children just to get away with murder. Right? And this whole equity and equity, you know, against first equality thing, because equality is done. It's all about equity. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. It's a joke. It's ruining this country. This country wasn't designed on equity. It was designed and fought for. People died for equality. That's what was sacrificed. That's the lives that were sacrificed during the Revolutionary War, during the Civil War, everything. So this could be the best country in the world, and it's a shell of itself. It really is. We saw that video just now. One of the things is parents and how they discipline their children, right? You know, how children are disciplined today in comparison to 30 years ago. Do you think that you p children now all of a sudden could tell that they're, you know, tell their stories to their friends or in school that the mother brought out the wooden spoon and started beating them with a wooden spoon or the father took his belt and started hitting the child with a belt. You know, 30 years ago, that was common behavior. Now, no way. It's another reason why you're seeing these kids get so soft and they're lost. They have no direction at all because they're babied for such a long time. Watch this video that I'm about to play for you. This kid keeps punching this adult thinking that he can get away with it. Now, when I was this age, the last thing that I would ever think that I can do is punch an adult, ever. Especially my father. Watch this video here. Now, you see that video and you're like, wait a second, at the end there, did they take it too far? There's nobody should be putting hands on a child, uh, uh, an adult at all. And if you're gonna put your hands on an adult, Get ready for an adult to put their hands back on you and throw you to the ground like that. He didn't punch him in the face, threw him right to the ground. Get your hands off me, stop hitting me. And this is what happens when you act like this. This is what happens when you disrespect me. See that video with the pronouns? That person has no self-respect. So let alone no respect for anyone else. That child right there, 
no respect. Here's another video. This is a, t uh, a student calling a substitute teacher the N-word. The substitute teacher says, you better stop calling me that. But the student doesn't listen because these students, these children these days are entitled. They have this sense of entitlement. And watch what takes place to the, with the substitute teacher. That teacher, right? He will get suspended. He will get fired. Probably doesn't have any tenure, obviously, a substitute teacher. He's going to get arrested for assault, for assaulting that child. But did that child learn a lesson? Do you think that child will ever use the N-word in front of a teacher again or towards a teacher again? I bet you he does not. I bet you that child learned a valuable lesson. How? By tough love. Now you sit there and say, that's physical violence. The father throwing the kid down before. That was physical violence. Well, that's how it was when I was growing up. And that's why I would never talk to a teacher that way. I would never use the N-word to a teacher ever. Especially a black teacher that's in my face that looks like that's just waiting for me to do it. And then I do it a second time? No. No. So you have to ask yourself, what was right and what was wrong? Was it right for the teacher? Should the teacher get reprimanded for that? Or is it the student's fault? And the student, for saying the N-word, should be suspended. You know my answer. So over the weekend, right, I see this come across the Twitter and notifications, right? Brooke Shields reveals that she was raped shortly after college in the new Pretty Baby documentary. And this is from Entertainment Weekly. Okay, and of course, you know, Brooke Shields, when she was, I think, 14, 15 years old, she starred in Blue Lagoon, look at her there. And there was a lot of controversy because there was a naked scene in that movie with Brooke Shields. But I think it's important to just go over this because there's a lot of things here that, that need to be discussed, right? So it says, in the new documentary, Pretty Baby, which premiered in Sundance Film Festival, Shields details the events of sexual assault that occurred shortly after she graduated college in Princeton during a period where she was struggling to find work after her early success. Shields met, Shields met with a man in question for dinner, ostensibly to discuss work. She then returned to his hotel to wait to call a taxi. Shields go on to say, he said, come back to the hotel and I'll get you a cab. Shields explains in the film. And I, so I go up to the hotel room and then he disappears for a while. Well, you know, first let's just talk about that. Why did you go back to the hotel? Why couldn't you just call the cab from the restaurant? Right? You're going up there. And what do you think is going to happen? Do you think, you know, you're this beautiful girl. Do you think that there's any possibility that going up there to this thing could be a bad idea? You know, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there here because, you know, this is all gullible stuff here. 
Shields, feeling uncomfortable in the room that, she, that wasn't hers, decided to use binoculars. The man had left in the room and watched some volleyball players out the window. She then goes on to say, the doors open. The person comes out naked and I've got these binoculars and I'm like, shit, she continues. And I put the binoculars down and he was just up on me, just like was wrestling. Continuing with her account, Shields explains that she didn't try to run away because she feared that it would provoke physical violence. I was afraid I'd get choked out or something, so I didn't fight. I didn't. I absolutely froze. I thought no one could have, no, no should have been enough, and I just thought, stay alive and get out. She then later, after the incident, went down to the elevator. She got her own cab and just cried to a friend's apartment. Now, here's the kicker. Shields does not name her attacker in the documentary. So are we just supposed to believe everything that we hear? Do we have to just believe that story, feel bad, oh my God, and now she goes on all these you know, um, junkets and does all these interviews for this documentary and everybody feels bad for her and she goes on Entertainment Weekly. If Oprah was still here, she'd go on Oprah. But why not mention the accuser? Nobody else was there, so now we just have a forced to believe this story and feel bad. And now people, of course, are gonna wanna see what? The documentary. But you don't give this person the opportunity to defend himself? Why? Why not name the accuser? Why are you now, now I gotta sit here and now I gotta, I, I just gotta invest in all this and I don't know who it is? So now we're at your mercy with your story? I, 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 it's, it's just stupid. If you want to come out with it, come out with it. And go all out and say who it was. If not, nobody else needs to know. You know, you didn't come out. Because now we have now you're just forcing us to believe everything that you said was true. Which as we know, you know, there's two there's three sides to every story. There's one person, the girl, there's the other one, the guy, and somewhere in the middle, there's the truth, right? And that's how it works. So anyway, you know, it just bothers me because you're just allowed to go out there and just free willy, you know, and just say anything that you want. And now everybody has to just force to believe it and feel bad for you. Now, if it did happen and it was true, I don't know for sure, then it's, it's horrible. And it's something that me as a man would never do to anyone. But again, if I'm going to come out and I'm going to say something that happened in my life, a tragic event, I'm going all out. I'm not just going to be able to then make up this story and there can be no way of knowing if whether or not I'm telling the truth. And that's what's going on here. I want to move on here because this is another thing that just really is bothering me. Okay, I live in New York. The state is went down the tubes. It's horrendous of what has taken place here, especially in Manhattan. It's a dump. People are actually taking physical dumps in the street, pulling down their pants, sitting on top of garbage pails, doing it right in Penn Station. I've seen it with my own eyes, personal knowledge. The city reeks of piss, drugs, and weed. There's vandalism all over the place. People are shooting up all over the place. It's horrendous of what's taking place here. And why is this type of things happening? We saw what was going on in Philadelphia, right? Who's the mayor of Philadelphia? Democrat, right? You see what's happening in New York? Who's the governor of New York? And of course the mayor as well, Democrats. These are two beautiful cities that are now wastelands. People are moving out. No one feels safe at all. 
They have the strictest gun laws too, right? New York is strict gun law. It's not a carry state. But yet, there is homicides all over the place using guns, illegal guns. It really is. It, it's really something else. But it's the leadership. It's the leadership that is ruining the state. It's the leadership that's ruining this country. Right? Joe Biden. Who's running the state? Kathy Hochul. Listen to what she says here. There's an interview. There's a reporter. Is asks her the question. Hey, listen. New York State. The healthcare workers, we're at a low. Sometimes it takes 80 minutes for an ambulance just to arrive because you fired so many people because they didn't get vaccinated. Will you rehire them, these unvaccinated people, so people are not waiting to get an ambulance? That these hospitals are not overcrowded because they're so short of staff? Listen to Kathy Hochul's response. The hospitals, the nursing homes say they're waiting for DOH guidance on whether they can hire any of those workers back. What's the latest with that? Well, we're considering all our options with respect to the litigation, so I can't comment on that. But I'll say that last year in my state of the state, we put forth a plan to help retention, also recruitment. And a lot of those programs are just unfolding out $20 billion to bring back the health care system, including bonuses for existing workers, helping settle nursing strikes, which I get very involved in to make sure that uh, patients are being cared for. It's a problem, but I don't think the answer is to make, have someone who comes in who's sick be exposed to someone who can give them the coronavirus, uh, give them COVID-19. I don't know that that's the right answer. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. This person obviously lives under a rock, is naive, is a total buffoon, ignorant, and is leading the state because we know for a fact vaccinated people can get the virus, get sick, die from it, and also transmit the virus to someone else, whether that other person is vaccinated or unvaccinated. We know it. We know it for a fact. And yet, she looks right at that reporter and lies through her teeth. You won't hire or rehire the unvaccinated. And your reasoning is because they will transmit COVID-19 to these people in the hospitals when we know that the vaccinated people are spreading it like it's wildfire. Stop with the lies. But here's the other thing. You get a dumb reporter who doesn't test her who doesn't because she's probably vaccinated herself and she doesn't want to say anything because these vaccinated people are scared shit of what's happening to them. They're hearing all this myocarditis. They're hearing these people dropping like flies and they're sitting there saying, wait, what is, what is going on here? And then you see the CEO of Pfizer, okay, Albert Wula, He's at the World Economic Forum, and you have reporters from Rebel News see him and start asking him questions. Now, if you're vaccinated and you see this interview, what we're about to see here, it's no good. It's no good. Because you could, you could end this real quick if you're the CEO and come out with whatever proof and say, no, they work, but they don't. And they don't have that proof. Watch this video. Mr. Borla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. 
But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. Does it get any worse than that? Right there, he could sit there, look right at the camera and say, of course they stop transmission. This is the best vaccine that we've ever had. This is the best vaccine that we've ever created. But he knows the truth. He knows they don't work. But here's the other thing. He's protected, so he doesn't care. He doesn't give a rat's ass. Why? Because they can't be sued. So they are protected. There's no liability here. Everyone that took that vaccine is a lab rat. And that lab rat is now sitting there, and every day they, you go back into the lab to see if anything has changed with the lab. That's the people that took the vax. They're just sitting there hoping now nothing happens to them. I don't care what you say. And I feel bad for them. I do. Because they got bamboozled. It's not their fault. It's not. Because we have these politicians that lie. We have a government that lies. And it's both ends of the aisle. Democrats and Republicans. Okay? America is garbage. I don't care what you say. This is not the America that you thought you were growing up in, that you grew up loving. This is a corrupt country, and it needs to be weeded out. And that's why they hated Donald Trump. He was an outsider. He didn't play the rules. He didn't play the game. Okay? He wanted to come in here. He wanted to cut off all the profits that people are getting to China. And how would he do that? By putting so much tariffs that they can't do business in here. Right? And the incentives, all these countries that are doing business in China, you better come here and we'll give you incentives to do so. The Paris Accord, see you later. We're spending too much money. The World Health Organization, we're spending too much money. Gonna get out. NAFTA, the deal with Canada and Mexico. No, you guys are not paying your fair share. We're getting raped at the bottom line and we're done with it. And they couldn't stand him for it. They hated him for it. He wanted peace. He used to say it. Peace through strength. We build up our army. We build up our military. Why? Because it's peace through strength. But that's not what they want. They want war. CIA, the Pentagon, they want war because that's where the money comes from. You have a war machine and all of these corporations and all of these their friends who are sitting on the board and all of these big companies who will then give it back to them in their political careers towards donations and contributions, right? And the kickbacks and the paybacks, all of it, all of it goes right up through the ceiling, through the roof when you go to war. You make a fortune. That's why they love what's happening in Ukraine. That's why you'll see us keep giving and giving and giving because it's going right to these NGOs. It's going right to these corporations, these big ones like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and Boeing, even the companies that make bullets, right? All of these companies and they get these kickbacks. It's, it's, it, it's something else how corrupt this country is. And you really can see it. And I truly believe I'm, I'm like totally invested in this now is what happened with JFK. Don't give me the conspiracy that it was just Lee Harvey Oswald. Probably was a patsy. Maybe he was involved, but he was not the only shooter. Okay? He is a patsy. But the CIA was involved. Why? Because JFK didn't want to go to war. He didn't, with the Cuban Missile Crisis, he didn't want, he didn't attack. The Bay of Pigs, he was, they wanted him to go in there, didn't want to do it. He didn't want anything to do with that. And what happened with Vietnam? He made the impression that he wanted to because he was getting pressured that he was maybe going to send troops. But what did he want to do? 
They had, all, they had around 11,000 diplomats there, and he wanted to pull them out. And they didn't like it. The CIA didn't like it. They didn't want it. They were trying to control that country over there. And JFK basically said, I'm not defending the South unless they're winning. If they're losing, I'm not going to go defend them because then we're going to be in a flat-out war. And once that got out, didn't want to go to war with Cuba, talking about peace, right? That speech that he did, our children to be have peace, to grow up in a peaceful nation, and then didn't want anything to do with Vietnam, they put a hit on him. And why won't they release those documents, all of them? Because they're protecting the CIA. That's what's going on here. Don't think for a second. And then when you really think about that, you sit there and say, wait a second, what, are, what, what do you mean? Are you saying that our own government killed our own president? That doesn't happen in America. That sounds like Nicaragua. That sounds like Venezuela. That sounds like Iraq, right? But it's true. It happened right here. Because why can't you be transparent? Look at the, you know, what they were trying to say in the Warren report, right? They had this independent investigation they were trying to convince everyone that one bullet went through the back of Kennedy's head, then went down, right, into his neck, because he has a bullet wound there, then came out, went into the governor, went into his wrist, and then into the governor's thigh, all one bullet, with no damage to the bullet. One rifle, some guy, all the way up in the book depository did this all this damage brain was shattered you had miss kennedy going in the back of the first lady going in the back of the car picking up fragments of his brain and you're going to tell me and you see the gunshot it goes from the front to the back you see how he jerks back like he got shot in the face which, you know, and you could also see the first shot, he had shot right in his throat because you see him going like this and, and, and you see Ken, Miss Kennedy, well, what's the matter? What's the matter? What happened? But it was all lies. Here, watch this. This is now from the Warren Report. This is from the New York Times, okay? Read this. Well, I'll read it to you. 33 years ago, Gerald Ford changed ever so slightly, the Warren Commission's main sentence on, on the place where a bullet entered John F. Kennedy's body when he was killed in Dallas, right? Changes it. When he's president, watch this. Mr. Ford's change strengthened the commission's conclusion that a single bullet passed through Kennedy and wounded Governor John B. Connolly, a crucial element in the commission's findings that Lee Harvey Oswald was the sole gunman. Mr. Ford, who was a member of the commission, wanted to, the change to show that the bullet entered at the back of the neck rather than the uppermost back as the commission originally wrote. So the commission first writes, it, got, it was one's place, and then he goes and he changes it to another and is trying to say that he was never shot in the front. It's impossible for the trajectory of that bullet to make that type of damage, to have a gunshot wound in the side of the head and also a gunshot wound here and a gunshot wound coming out your back, from your back. It's impossible. It really is.
and one bullet. It's amazing how this all has taken place. And it's amazing how they're still covering up by not releasing every single classified document. What are they hiding? Again, they're protecting. That's what they're doing. They're protecting. All right. And I want to play this video for you here because I, I, I really think that we're headed for a, a crisis in this world with Ukraine and what's taking place. You had Finland's prime minister, okay? She comes out, Santa Marin, Marin and she, she, she's resigning, right? But I want to play this video for you and what she says about Ukraine and about Russia. And you think this is the leader of Finland saying this type of stuff. What is the meaning behind it? Let me play for you this clip. We don't know when the war will end, but we have to make sure that it will end Ukrainians win. I don't think that there's any other choice. If Russia would win the war, then we would only see decades of this kind of behavior ahead of us. I think other countries are looking very closely what is happening now in Ukraine. And if Russia would win, then it would send a message that you can uh, invade another country, you can attack another country, and you can gain from that. What's the end result? What do you think is going to happen? You think that Russia will just concede they have nuclear weapons and just say, we, we lost this war to Ukraine? Do you think that's the end result? Because if, if you think that you're going to beat Russia and, and Vladimir Putin for at any second thinks it's an attempt on his life or some type of regime change, he's going to use these nuclear weapons. And then we're going to be in an all-out war. What really should be taking place is we have the most powerful arsenal. We're the most powerful country in the world right now. And it's not going to last because China's catching up. But we are. But we have a weak leader. Joe Biden, our leader, should be over there making peace negotiations with these two countries. That's what should be taking place here. But he won't. Again, why? Because of how much money they're making off of this sending billions of dollars, okay, to Ukraine. It's all BlackRock making tons. They're going to rebuild the whole country. You know how much money they're going to make BlackRock on that? J.P. Morgan's involved in it now, right? All of the bigwigs, they're all involved in restructuring now Ukraine because they could get all the money, all the contracts, the NGOs that are going to be there helping out, all the kickbacks, Think about, that's why they don't want it to end. And there's a lot of dirty secrets in Ukraine. A lot of dirty secrets that are happening in Ukraine. It's really, it is, it's something else. And again, we have weak leadership. Okay, talking about weak leadership, and we were talking about equality and talking about equity before. Listen to Kamala Harris talk about the difference and why equity is more important than equality in America. Here, watch. Equality suggest often everybody should get the same thing. Well, that often assumes everybody started out in the same place, as opposed to equity, which is everyone should end up in the same place. And if you then understand not everybody started out in the same place, you understand some people need more. So we all end up in the same place. So let me get this straight. You have an Olympic race, and you know that there are certain people that are fast, but what we're going to do is we're going to give the slower people, right? And we're going to make them, give them a head-head start. So at the end, everybody ties. That's, what we, that's the type of country that we're trying to achieve now. 
Everybody just ties. There's no winner. Can't have that. Can't have equity, not equality. See, equality, those runners, they all have an opportunity to work as hard as they can, possibly can, and become the best. But when you put equity there, you take the, it's a, you take the incentive away from wanting to train and become the greatest. Because you know at the end of the day, it doesn't make any sense. That's why it's horrific what's happening with women's sports, especially at the collegiate level. We have these males participating in these games and ruining for them because it doesn't matter how hard these females work. They can't outdo a male. We saw that with the swimming. You saw that with the volleyball, right? Or whatever it was, a basketball, that guy walking around six foot eight, nobody could touch this person. It's just stupid. It really is. There's no common sense involved. There's no common sense with Kamala Harris. She is a total idiot when she talks like that. But that's exactly what's taking place now. So you're not going to get people that are, are going to excel. Everybody's just going to be averaged out. So the terrible people, they'll get boosted up and they don't earn it. And the people that are great, they're, you're going to take away their earnings by putting them down so everybody ties. Everybody wins. And that's the society that we are seeing today. And for whatever reason... People actually saw Kamala Harris in 2020 and said, I want her to be my vice president. I want to vote for Joe Biden. And if anything ever happens, we are okay with this person running the country. It's out of their minds. It really is. And you think that one's bad. Here, watch this one. Okay. Here's Kamala Harris. Of course, Democrats, they, are not, they want women's right to choose. They are not pro-life. They are okay with killing babies. They're totally okay with that. And watch what she says here at a speech talking about abortion. We collectively believe and know America is a promise. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. So you sit there and say, okay, okay, well, what are you getting out of that? She's, she's pro, she's anti-pro-life, she's for abortions, she's regurgitating the Declaration of Independence but she's doing it wrong. And she missed out and it's intentional. And if you don't know better, you would just applaud at the end. Yeah, Kamala, exactly. But what did she leave out? Okay, and I'm gonna read it to you, the passage that she was saying in the Declaration of Independence from 1776. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed, that's what she said, and this is what she misses out by their creator. Now remember, Democrats don't want God. They don't want you to look for God for answers. They want you to look to big government for answers. Government has the, the answers for you. Okay, not God. God can't help you. Government can help you. Government will give you sub, um, assistance, subsidies, WIC checks, Section 8 housing will protect you, but you're gonna vote for us. You're gonna keep us in power, and we're gonna be elite, and you're gonna be poor. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. If you get hurt, you can go to the hospital. You won't have a bill. You won't get the best health care, but you won't have a bill. So don't worry about it. So she leaves out creator. 
But then this is the main thing that she leaves out. Created with certain unalienable rights. That among these are, and all she says is liberty and the pursuit of happiness. What does she leave out? It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life. And when you're at an abortion clinic, uh, abortion speech, and you're pro-abortion, you're not pro-life. So you leave that out. You leave that out and nobody even notices it because they don't care about babies. See, why are they so invested in aliens, illegal aliens, and turning them into citizens? Because they vote. Why are they so interested in black Americans and making sure that they are, they keep them you know, oppressed, but they give them grants, they give them Section 8 housing, they give them their WIC checks, they get on, get on government assistance, they don't have great jobs, they don't care about them killing each other, but they will give them things that they need to survive. Why? Because black Americans vote and they vote, vote Democrat, right? LGBTQ, right? These are mental people, with, a lot of them with mental illness, especially these transgenders. Something is wrong. Something is up. They don't care. Why? Because they vote. So they'll pander to them. Who doesn't vote? Unborn babies. Unborn babies do not vote. They don't have the ability to vote. So there is there no use to Democrats. Kill them. We don't care. We just want you, the mother, we want you to vote for us. And we'll keep allowing you to kill these babies. And it doesn't even matter when it's, their, when it's the ninth month, or even when the baby is born alive, we will let you abort that child and we will kill that baby. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, America in 2023. All right, if you get a chance, right, share the show. We're all, this is Rumble exclusive. So the more people that are subscribing to Rumble, it helps out the show. And we're on everything, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, I said, yeah, right, I said that. And tomorrow we have an interview and we have a little fun, we're gonna have a little fun, not an interview, it's, you know, the show that is in the interview format. We have someone who's gonna do a chip challenge. Now this potato chip is supposedly the worst potato chip that you could possibly do because it puts your mouth on fire. But there is someone that wants to come on the Joe Cozo show and actually eat this chip. So we're gonna film it. We're gonna see if they can do it. We're gonna have some fun, because what are we all about? We're all about life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. And with that being said, January 25th, I didn't know the day. In the books, I'm out. Peace.